Welcome to the Human Culture Movement Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Nafit. I'm a speaker, coach, consultant, author, and I have a passion for making workplaces that people love to work in, making organizations that make people feel good about what they do every day. Most of my friends, they don't particularly enjoy their jobs. It's not because they don't like the work they do. It's usually because of the people they work with and work for, and maybe you're in that boat. Uh, I'm, I'm personally very intrigued by the idea that people, starting with leaders, can change unhealthy work environments mostly by changing themselves and simply being better human beings. For this reason, I'm on a mission to end the epidemic of poor cultures and unhealthy work environments by making this a priority. I want to help put an end, put an end to toxic leadership and help leaders build organizations in which people truly thrive. This is quite personal for me. I've worked for some pretty lousy leaders. I've been a part of some pretty toxic environments. I've walked with friends who were part of toxic environments. I understand what it's like. Um... I've experienced some pretty bad situations on teams uh, because of people's character issues, trust issues, relationship issues within teams. And I don't want to experience this type of stuff anymore. And I don't want anyone to experience that sort of thing. And yet I know that there's a pretty high chance that if you're listening to this, you're going to go to work in the morning or next week or next month with leaders and people who probably aren't very high on the scale when it comes to character, trust, relationships, taking care of the human issues in their environments. And that's a problem. Look, I've, I've been in the coaching and professional development industry for years now. And I've been able to work with uh, leaders in, in, in some of America's most influential Fortune 500 organizations. I've had the privilege uh, I've been featured in publications like Forbes and have a piece coming out in Entrepreneur Magazine, the Business Journals, many others. And uh, I've helped clients negotiate multi-million dollar deals and make decisions that have billion dollar financial ramifications. I understand the environment of business. I've been at the very core of what makes a great business work and I've helped people think through this stuff. Now, while much of my learning about what makes organizations healthy has come from training, experience, and research, just as much of it, maybe even more of that learning has come from everyday conversations with friends and colleagues who tell me what it's like to go to work each day. And honestly, quite frankly, I'm tired of these conversations. I'm tired of seeing my friends' lives, their 20s, their 30s, their 40s, the bulk of their lives get sucked away by jobs they hate. I'm tired of watching companies say, we put people first and have no idea how to really do that. I'm tired of having lunch after lunch after lunch where an unhappy friend says, I love what I do and I love the people I work with, but my boss treats me like you know what and I can't stand it anymore. And then the rest of us have to step back from whatever else we were talking about and comfort them and pat them on the back and say vain phrases like, stick it out, buddy. Things will get better. And, and of course, all of us at that table know things are not going to get better. 
you know how the story goes. I'm tired of leaders who continuously see people quit, read Glassdoor reviews about how toxic their leadership is. And if you do not know what Glassdoor is, please look it up. And then sometimes these leaders, after reading these reviews, they, they, they sit back and they, they say defensively, well, that's just my management style, and they obviously couldn't handle it. Newsflash, being a jerk is not a management style. There's a difference between being abrasive and being bold. I'm tired of seeing leaders who have great potential themselves but don't have opportunities and resources to lead the way they want to. And then they get blindsided by people and politics and their organizations. Great potential as an individual, but everything gets washed away in this non-human culture, this toxic environment. I'm tired of companies getting straddled by issues like turnover, disengagement, lack of productivity, poor communication, silos, misalignment. And they lose hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars on these issues. And all of them can be easily changed. I'm tired of memories and flashbacks of some of the abusive leadership I've experienced in some of the organizations I've been a part of. And worse, realizing other people are experiencing it now. I believe many of the cultures we go to work for each day, many of them, need a radical movement toward change. And if you're listening to this, I believe if you and I work together, get some momentum here, we can actually make it happen on a large scale. Build truly human cultures. Now, you can't have a solution if you don't have a problem. What's the problem? The problem the average American employee, full-time, spends 47 hours a week at work and four hours a week commuting. That's 51 hours a week. I'll save you the math, but this means that we spend almost 50% of our lives working or driving to work when we're awake. Let me repeat that. You most likely spend half of your life 50% of your entire adult life, either at work or driving to work, when you're not sleeping. Many of us work in unhealthy, disengaged environments in which we don't truly enjoy what we're doing or whom we're doing it with, and we don't know what to do about it. Half of our lives is too much, way too much to give away to careers and jobs and poor leaders that drain us. You did not go to college. You did not finish high school and get into adulthood to spend half of your adult life in an environment you hate. And then the other half of your life recovering from it. That is not the life anyone wants to live. That's why I started this thing. This is technically a business podcast if you want to categorize it that way. But this is for my friends, my family, the people I know, for whom this is a reality. If they're not asleep, and usually they're not getting enough sleep, they're at a job they hate, around people they don't like, 
And then when they're home, they're trying to recover from it. Poor engagements are poor engagement. Dissatisfied workers, toxic work environments, unhealthy expectations, lack of trust, and miscommunication. These things characterize way too many of our company's cultures. They represent an epidemic problem for most organizations and industries. Many leaders recognize this and they invest tens of billions of dollars each year in the U.S. alone into training programs and coaching and employee satisfaction initiatives and cultural practices and, 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 and bringing in fun events and bringing in pizza parties and Starbucks gift cards and bring your dog to work Fridays and yoga Tuesdays. Things like this to help turn the tide. Let them have fun and they'll start to like their environment again, right? But it isn't working. It isn't working. Survey after survey, year after year, same pattern, same result. The numbers on turnover, disengagement, productivity are slowly, steadily getting worse. Jobs, job dissatisfaction is at an all-time high. And the epidemic of poor company cultures rages on. I'll give you a statistic. Just to put it simply, companies in the U.S. alone spend upward of $75 billion each year, billion with a B, on leadership and management training, yet two out of every three employees are disengaged at their jobs. Companies spend $75 billion on leadership training, management training, employee retention initiatives, and yet two out of every three employees are moderately to actively disengaged. Look through your phone list right now. I would bet, I would, I, I would submit to you, or I would guess that every three people in your phone, two of them probably don't love their jobs that much. We're failing. So what's the root? What's the root? I believe the root of this problem is that we've lost a basic priority on personal character, trust, and relationship building in our cultures. We don't talk about personal character, trust, relationship building. We don't emphasize them. And yet people leave because these things aren't primary, because these things aren't viewed as business issues. I don't believe our culture issues have anything to do with the programs we have or the techniques we have or the resources we employ or, or the opportunities people are given at all. We don't struggle in our companies because we lack the means or resources for building great cultures. I believe it's much simpler than that. We're more concerned with processes and techniques for building culture than with simply being the type of human beings we need to be for each other to make our cultures healthy. I mean, think... You work for a person because of how they treat you, because of what kind of person they are. 
You respect people for who they are more than you respect them for what they do. That's universal. My passion, my passion is helping end this epidemic of disengaged, unhappy employees by helping leaders and their teams simply become the type of people and thus build the type of companies people want to work for. People build people. People need people and people follow people. This idea of the personal professional divide, that's great when it comes to time at work and time at home. But if you are a selfish, disingenuous, arrogant, conceited person in your private life, that's going to show up in your leadership at whatever stage you are. You are who you are, whether you're at home or at work. And it's not just your results, not just your expertise, your experience, or your authority that's going to make people follow you. So why do people leave? Why do people leave? If you're a leader and you're doing everything right in terms of systems, processes, procedures, benchmarks, and there's still strain and toxicity on your team, it probably boils down to issues of who, not what, but who. Who are you as a leader? Or as an up-and-coming leader, what kind of person are you? Are you egotistical? Are you kind? Are you patient? Are you a micromanager? Do you listen? Do people tend to close up around you? Are you approachable? Would you follow your own leadership? When's the last time anyone asked you that question? What kind of people do you have on your team? How willing are people in your organization to bend rules, to backstab, act selfishly, not communicate, be unrealistic, entitled, and things like that? Character is always at the root of what makes any team healthy or unhealthy. What makes any organization function and what makes people stay or leave. Strategies and initiatives and techniques mean nothing in the face of basic character issues, relationships, and trust. If trust is being challenged each day by personal character issues and human selfishness, then everything falls apart. When study after study shows the immense control an organization's culture has over its productivity, profitability, turnover, talent attraction, and morale, and a culture, that controlling asset is almost completely rooted in the beliefs and behaviors of its leaders, then that means we need to admit the controlling influence a leader's personal character has over an organization's health. You see that logic there? 
everything in an organization runs through your culture. Why did Peter Drucker say culture eats strategy for breakfast? Because it controls everything. Productivity, profitability, turnover, talent attraction, morale, communication, everything runs through that center of culture. And what we're saying here is that culture is grounded on, it flows from, and it is significantly influenced by the character, ability to build trust, and the relationships its leaders create. So that means if you're a leader, or if you're on the way to being a leader, it's not your expertise, experience, and authority that are going to primarily build your culture and thus influence your productivity and profitability. It's who you are as a person. But we don't confront our own character. We don't confront these issues. We don't examine them because we don't see them as crucial to organizational health. We see that as personal stuff and not business stuff. And that's wrong. When our cultures are struggling, we end up doing the same thing we always do. We focus on processes and strategies and events and speakers and other investments to keep people entertained and amused in an effort to change things. In other words, when an organization's culture goes bad and you can tell there's some toxicity there, sometimes the first question shouldn't be, what do we need to do? What do we need to invest in? What do we need to add here? Maybe the first question should be, what kind of leader am I? What kind of person am I? Am I blind to some of my character issues? Are people having trouble trusting each other? Am I having trouble trusting them? Are they having trouble trusting me? How are the relationships on our team? You don't even have to pay money to ask those questions. Because after the event is over, after the party's done, after the pizza's been eaten, after the Starbucks gift cards have been passed out, after the picnic is wrapped up, after everyone leaves the bar, we go back to the same toxic, untrusting, tense environments we had before because the character issues, trust issues, and relationship issues within our team dynamics are all still there. Character trust, relationships, the human elements, these are things we should have worked on when we were five and six years old and learning about character for the first time. But some of us didn't. Many of us, we just go through life carrying bad character habits. We treat people selfishly and we just, we're there to get ahead. And we don't think about gaining trust and building relationships. 
and the proof is on Glassdoor. Read a Glassdoor review, a negative Glassdoor review. I guarantee you, it won't be someone complaining about a leader's lack of knowledge. Maybe it will be. Maybe they'll say, this guy doesn't know a lot about his job. But that's not the majority of the bad reviews you see on Glassdoor. Almost always, and I read Glassdoor every day, almost always, it's people complaining about their leader's character. He or she doesn't listen. He or she doesn't take the time to understand what the employees are going through. He or she expects things of me that I haven't been trained or equipped for, and then they blow up at me when things go wrong. He or she is more focused on his or her agenda than on what's best for the company. And guess what? When they leave, it costs up to two and a half times their salary to replace them. To replace them costs two and a half times, sometimes, their salary, especially if they're a VP, higher up. That means if you have a $100,000 VP who loved his or her job, but they couldn't stand the way they were being treated and they leave, you're looking at almost, in some instances, $200,000 to $300,000 in company money to try to replace that person. Is that touchy-feely? No. This is character stuff. And it might seem soft and sensitive to work on these human things. But look at the ramifications, positively and negatively, on the balance sheet. Soft skills make hard numbers. Soft skills make hard numbers. We say, save the character and trust and relationships for Oprah and Dr. Phil. We're here to do business, not get all touchy-feely with each other. Those are the words of a leader who's on the fast track to organizational failure. So if I haven't driven home the point clearly enough by now, the touchy-feely character stuff, the stuff we often write off, is at the very core of what makes a company succeed or fail. That Dr. Phil Oprah stuff, relationship, trust, building respect, making sure people feel cared about, that's at the blazing center of what makes your business succeed or not. Yes, you have to get better with your technology and you have to adapt and you have to understand the market and you have to uh, get the, the products and the deliverables right. But I guarantee you, if you don't get this stuff right, all of that stuff will not catch up to people being disengaged, to people feeling uncared about, 
that will always have a more negative financial effect on an organization. Great products, services, marketing, strategy, these aren't the principal governors of an organization's success. Culture is. Human culture and trust relationships character are the bedrock. It's the heart of how your people decide whether they're going to give you their best every day or whether they're getting ready to fill in their two weeks. Now, like I said earlier, this is personal for me. I've been a part of some organizations where I was treated pretty horribly. And I've experienced this firsthand. It makes my stomach crawl to know that some of the people I've worked with and some of the the leaders I've worked with are still doing these things, perpetuating toxicity, and they don't see anything wrong. That makes me genuinely angry. It makes me angry that so many of you have to deal with this type of stuff every week. That's not right. If I'm working for you, I honestly could not care less if you're an expert, how many accomplishments you have, how good your process is how incredible your product or service is. The moment I feel that you don't respect me and that you don't view me as another human being with dignity, I shut down all the way down. I don't want to work for you at all. And guess what? You don't deserve my work either in that situation. The fact that this is happening for millions and millions of workers every day is why I launched this movement. This is not a a vanity quest. This is not me joining the, the endless sea of podcasters and hoping that my voice will shine and that people will fall in love with me and buy my products. I don't even have products to sell. I'm a speaker and a coach and a consultant. It's just products of the mind. It's speaking. It's, it's knowledge-based. And I'm not a celebrity by any stretch of the imagination either. But I do have enough of a network, enough of a reach, and enough connections to some very powerful, influential people that I believe if you can vibe with what I'm saying, a movement like this A human culture movement can spark serious and pervasive change in how organizations treat their people. It shouldn't be the case that only one or two organizations are viewed as landmarks for being human culture organizations. It should be the rule and not the exception that people love their jobs. But I need your voice to help me make this happen. This movement, 
the human culture movement is organized under three governing principles, three big ideas that put all of this together. And over the course of this podcast, we're going to flesh a lot of these out, really dig in and interview some good, solid industry leaders who've lived these rules much longer than I have. The first principle is this, who you are is more important than what you do. Who you are is more important than what you do. Now you might say, well, I'm an expert and I, and I have experience and authority. Isn't that part of who I am? That's a small part of who you are. But if you think that's the main part of who you are in your organization, you're wrong. The second principle is this. All organizational issues are people issues. Every good thing that happens in a company can usually be traced back to something good in the people connection of that company, whether it was connecting well with a customer base, whether it was good, solid relationships and camaraderie and trust on a team that produced something excellent. And then on the flip side, conversely, most, if not all, negative things that happen in a business can usually be traced back to some negative aspect of the human nature. Maybe the ego of a leader who refused to see a market change and suffered because of it, because he wanted to be right instead of doing the right thing. Maybe a team member who, who has a, a lust for control and, and stifles other people's good ideas, shuts them down, because inside all they want is to have their way. All organizational issues are people issues. The third principle behind this movement, relationships build trust and trust builds everything else. Relationships build trust and trust builds everything else. The quality of your leadership is directly proportional to the quality of your relationships with your team members. It's very simple. The quality of your leadership is directly proportional to the quality of your relationships with your team members. My passion is to build these principles into the larger canon of the organizational leadership and development process across the nation and the world. I want these principles, these human culture principles, so many people talk about them already, but I want to combine them and, and codify them and put them into the, the core language of what we think about when we think about culture building. Down the road, down the line, I want people to say, I want a human culture. Yes, you have a successful culture, but is it a human culture? And I want people to simply know what that means. And that's why I called this podcast the Human Culture Movement Podcast, a movement to make this happen for every organization in the world. My passion is to build these things and develop these things, to interview some of the world's business leaders so I can get their perspectives on the success and maybe the failures they've had to explain why this is so crucial to what they do. 
to explain how they built truly empowering cultures. So the human culture movement will make this happen through an extensive multimedia platform of content, mostly focusing on blog content, video content, and of course the podcast you're listening to right now. I'll write, I'll create content, and I'll interview industry leaders and everyday employees to ask tough questions and to hear stories that articulate their perspectives about what it takes to create jobs people love and thus to provide a deep reservoir of resources to make this happen. This is one way I want to be different on this show. I want to interview people at the top of their game, CEOs, influential leaders, people I already have a deep connection with, and then everyday employees who go to work for these organizations who experience this stuff on the ground, on the floor, behind a desk, and maybe you'll hear some of your stories and their stories. I want to interview everyone at every level of the company. Now, remember, this isn't just my personal passion project. It is a passion of mine. But this is your movement. This is your movement. This movement is a platform for your voice. I want to hear from you. I want to talk with you. Learn from you. This is a collaboration between myself you and anyone who wants to push the organizations and companies to which we give our lives to create environments and relationships that empower us to do what we love. If you want to be part of this movement, I invite you to subscribe to the podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Jared Lafitte. That's at J-A-R-E-D-L-A-F-I-T-T-E. Again, at J-A-R-E-D-L-A-F-I-T-T-E. Check out thehumanculturemovement.com. This is our core resource site. This is where we have speaking, videos, blog content, of course, a link to this podcast, many more opportunities, resources for you to get involved. And of course, take time to visit... Uh, my consulting page, which is LafitteCoaching.com, L-A-F-I-T-T-E, coaching, one word, LafitteCoaching.com. I want to hear from you. I want to hear from you on Twitter, on Instagram. You can find me at Jared Lafitte on Instagram, same thing. Uh, connect with me on Facebook. I'm there. I want to learn from your stories. I want to learn from your experience. And I want to make your voice heard. Maybe we can do an interview. Talk with me. I want to put out so much content that it becomes a flood of differing perspectives to the norms. It really brings some change. So thanks for listening to this first episode of the Human Culture Movement podcast. I'm your host, Jared Lafitte, and I look forward to going on this journey with you as we together 
find ways to build more healthy human cultures. I want to give a big thanks as well to my good friend of, I don't know, how long have we known each other, Eon? It's like seven years? Just about. Seven years. I mean, some, yeah, I mean, uh, Eon's D, his name is Antonio Gardner, but I know him by like five different names. Um, he is a professional recording artist. He's one of the uh, most talented rappers I've ever heard, ever seen. Um, he goes by Eons D, so E-O-N-S and then space D, and he also goes by Lil Yons. Is that right? It's actually Yon. Yon. So Y O N S. Man, that's like a that's like a movement starting name right there. Like <laughs> that's like one of those names that is like not even bound to any language. It's almost like Gaga, like Lady Ga- like Yons. So check him out on Twitter, Instagram. What was that? No, I said you're silly, man. Oh man, man. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, all that. Oh yeah, Twitter, Instagram, Yons, Y O N S. Um amazing musician, amazing producer. Uh, he's the, uh, the person who's engineering this podcast, hooked me up with this beautiful microphone. Uh, so thanks a lot. So until next time, I look forward to connecting with you. Thanks. Thanks.